You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about the most ideal first date, second date, and third date, and beyond. So I want to give you my full sequence. I want to give you everything from beginning to end in terms of what you should do with the first date, with the second date, with the third date. Now, I understand that it's not always going to go this way. So that's why I'm saying it's ideal, meaning if you go off a little bit, if you go off script in the sense and a first date is different than what I'm going to tell you to do, it's not the end of the world. I'm just saying what I think is going to be the most ideal for you to do so you end up building attraction, so you end up moving through the timeline that is appropriate to spend the right amount of time, but also the quality of time with the woman, and also so it lends itself to escalating and getting somewhere physical. So you guys are actually getting to a point and have a place to kiss, to have foreplay, maybe have sex. So there's a lot of different parts that you need to be paying attention to, and I'm going to break it all down here. First, let's talk about what to do if you need more help with this, if you feel like you're not getting any dates, if you feel like the first date is something that you wish you could ever have or have more of. We're helping people right now in the coaching program that are anywhere from ages 20. Well, actually, we worked with people who are 18, but we're finding mostly it's people who are 20, 21, all the way up to 65 years old. So if you fall anywhere in that range and you feel like you need help, if you feel that you're anywhere in that range and you just are struggling to meet more women, whether you are divorced, whether you have kids, whether you are a busy person with your job, whether you are a student, whether you are just a a guy who's never met a woman or a virgin, whoever you are, we can help you. You can even go over to coachedbytrip.com and you can see videos of all the guys that we have helped. And we have helped a lot of guys. Myself and my head coach, Eric, are here to train you and give you personalized help to be able to meet more women online and in person. So you can then use this episode to have more first, second, and third dates. I know a lot of guys even struggle getting to the second or third date. Do not hesitate to reach out. Coachedbytrip.com is where you will apply. The link is in the show notes. So let's get into it. I want to talk about the first dates, the second dates, the third dates. Ideally, what do you do? And then we're going to go into some Q&A. So the first date. The first date, I believe, needs to start with a drink. And I would even go as far to say an alcoholic drink. And if you don't drink alcohol, then you get a mocktail. That way you can end up in the same place 
as you would if you were drinking alcohol. My point here is you want a location that offers a nice atmosphere, a sexy atmosphere. So the most ideal first date is getting a cocktail or mocktail at a cocktail lounge, somewhere that is nice, as nice as it can be. I know not every town has a nice cocktail bar, but just do your best. Again, I'm giving you the ideal. And I think that is a very key word here because I know that not everyone can follow these steps perfectly, but strive to. That's the idea, strive to. So a nice cocktail lounge. If you live in any city with a population of over 50,000, it should not be hard for you. If you live in lower than 50,000, maybe you just end up picking some sort of bar. So I want there to be a really sexy energy. I ended up here, I don't know if I heard this from a guest I had on the podcast. I forgot who it was. Oh, yeah, I remember. It was a matchmaker that I interviewed. And she was talking about going somewhere. I don't know if she said this. Well, point being, the advice is this. It's going to a hotel bar is a really good place. The atmosphere is really nice in a hotel bar, like a really nice hotel bar. So if you could go somewhere there or a cocktail lounge, if you live in Chicago, you're listening to this, the idea would be to go to the Violet Hour. If you don't live in Chicago or if you live in Chicago, you don't know what that is, look that up online. The Violet Hour Chicago, that's the vibe. It's a sexy vibe. It's a nice vibe. It's a good atmosphere. All that included, you're just gonna end up having a nice time. And I want you to have a nice time. And I don't want this to be a a coffee date. You can do it. I have mentioned to do that in the past. So I'm not necessarily taking that away. If you're a busy person, you might have to do a coffee date because that's all that your time allows. But if it does allow for you to go on a cocktail date, a nighttime date, that's what I would recommend. Ideal, ideally. It's always low lighting. It just sets the mood of we're on a date. I want you to be in that mode of we're on a date. And this is not a business meeting. That matchmaker I had on recently, maybe a couple months ago, said that. She said she doesn't like coffee. She said it's too businessy. And I agree and disagree. But for these purposes, I do agree. For this for this episode, because I want you to be doing the best that you can. But I would say that, again, if coffee has to be, it has to be. But yeah, I agree with that. It does offer a sexy atmosphere. Okay, so that's the first date. A cocktail or a mocktail. And I want you to make sure that at the end you're going for a kiss. And I have really good news. I'm I'm about to make the first date super easy on you. You ready for this one? You don't need to physically escalate. If it happens, it happens but you don't need to do any kind of physical escalation. You don't need to be touching her leg or her arm, or then you give some sort of seductive handshake, or you touch her hair or hands or something. You don't need to do that. If it happens, it happens. And if it lends itself to it, it does. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You will go for a kiss at the end of the first date. And when you do that, you will end up 
then out of the friend zone, and you will have then continued to build attraction. So that's what you're going to do on the first date. Show up to a place that is sexy. You're going to go for a kiss at the end. Now for the second date. For the second date, you are going to do a dinner. That should be the second date. I don't believe it is sustainable if you're, at least if you're doing the trip advice method, which gets you a lot of dates from a lot of various avenues in person and online. It is not sustainable to be going on that many dinner dates. I know that cocktails can be expensive too, but it doesn't even compare to what dinner is going to cost because you're going to be doing cocktails and you're going to be doing dinner. So you're going to end up doing less second dates automatically. So it's more sustainable. And therefore, a dinner date is a reasonable and datey thing to do. It's the, it's the kind of the word of the hour here, datey. I want it to be datey. I want you to be going on dates that feel like a date. And a dinner date for a second date is great. It's a great little flow. Hey, we got drinks on the first date. We kissed. Maybe she came back to your place. Either she did or she didn't. Doesn't matter. Second date, still a dinner out. Now, where to go to dinner? Listen, you don't have to go to a Michelin star restaurant. I made that mistake. I didn't go to a Michelin star restaurant, but I remember this is back in uh, 2015. I was moving from LA to Chicago and I was in between cities. I just broke up with, uh, with a girlfriend at that time. And I went on a date and it was a date with a, I was introduced through a friend. And so I thought, okay, you know, why not? Let's go to a nice dinner. So I went to a pretty nice dinner, not Michelin starred, but it was a nice dinner. And I remember afterward, there was no connection. We never saw each other again. And I thought, wow, what, why the fuck did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I, like, what was I trying to do? Impress her? I don't know. It was a good, it was an interesting choice. Maybe I did it because it was a friend of a friend. And I thought, you know, maybe appropriate to go to a dinner and go to a nice dinner and make a good impression. I don't know. Never again, though. Nice dinners are, and by the way, that was for a first date. So that's kind of my, I have two points here. Don't go to a dinner on a first date. Don't go to a nice dinner on a first date. And uh, here's my third point, I guess. Don't go to a nice dinner on a second date. But also, we're not going to Applebee's or Chili's. No offense to those establishments. I used to frequent those when I was a teenager. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so let's go not as nice as a Michelin. That's, That's very nice. It doesn't have to be a, a five-star restaurant. And I don't want you going to some shitty chain restaurant. So whatever you decide that is, that's a good place to go for dinner. Whatever that is to you, whatever that means to you. If you're like, what's a Michelin restaurant? What does that mean? That's the highest rating a restaurant can get. That's like the Oscars. The Oscars is to film as a Michelin star is to a restaurant. Three stars is the best. If you ever go to a three-star Michelin restaurant, that's that's one of the best restaurants in the entire world. Even something that has a one star 
is one of the best restaurants in the world. Just an incredible place to go. Not every city even has them. So point is, you don't need to go super fancy, but also don't cheap out. That's your second date. Boom. Your third date, you're going to invite her back to your place. This is a very easy, easy type of date to do and set up, especially if your first and second date went as planned. If they did, then she should have enough trust and have built up enough investment and attraction to feel comfortable going to your place for a third date. That's not the rule. It doesn't always happen. There are exceptions. There are times when she might not feel comfortable going back to your place on a third date and needs more time. If that's the case, at that point, I might do an activity date. So something where you guys can do something fun. Right now, axe throwing is very popular. You can go bowling. You can play pool, go to arcade. I would keep it as a nighttime activity. Don't do some sort of hiking date. Save those for later, because why? We want it to be datey. So you're going to invite her back to your place, and you're going to make dinner. My advice to you is you got to have one really good recipe that you like that's healthy but delicious. I would almost recommend maybe like a salmon dish because something like a salmon, even though it's fish, doesn't leave the breath too raunchy. So something light or a chicken dish. So a chicken or a fish dish. And if I were you today, find a recipe that looks nice, that tastes good, that's relatively healthy, and just make it for yourself and learn it and nail it. And then use that to be the dinner that you'll make when you have her back on a third date. That is my advice to you. Very practical. In fact, let's do this. Let's get some ideas going and I can share them here on the podcast. If you find me on Instagram, DM me trip advice. I respond to pretty much everybody. And DM me a recipe and I'll let you know if I think it's a good idea. And if it is, maybe I'll start making a list of them and I'll do an episode where I put links to them and list them off and you guys can have good recipe ideas, ones that aren't too hard to make. But even, you know, nothing is really ever that hard to make. Maybe in the beginning, but you always end up learning it. So don't be too scared of cooking a harder meal. If anything, nothing is never that hard. It's maybe just more time consuming. But the more and more you cook something, the faster you'll be at it. And you don't need to, and I recommend you don't, do a recipe for the very first time ever on a third date, nor should you ever, and I learned this the hard way, by the way, never should you ever do some sort of new recipe when you're having people over. Learn that the hard way. Definitely have failed. Made a, uh, what was it, a tomato basil soup. And just, it was absolutely disgusting. And decided to make it for a whopping eight people. Some people said they liked it. I don't believe them. Other people, I could tell they were not enjoying it. I was not enjoying it. It was bad. I messed up the recipe. And that was my fault because I did a recipe for the first time ever. Don't do that. Know something pretty well. Okay, anyway, that is the third date. And then past the third date, this is where you can start getting into activities. So you can start doing more activity dates. I just mentioned a few, 
bowling, axe throwing, pool, arcade. I wouldn't go to a show yet or a concert if it does come up at that time. I guess that's fine. If it's past the third date, I don't like a first or second or third date to be a concert or a movie because then it doesn't allow you two to connect and what's the point of going out and connecting with someone and being on a date? So I'd move away from doing any sort of activity, date, that you have to watch something from date one, two, and three. Date four, five, six, and beyond, activity date, again, ideally at night, like the ones that I mentioned. If you end up going hiking on a fourth date, not the end of the world. Hopefully, by this time, you guys have already slept together. So it gives you an opportunity to grow closer. And then after that, it doesn't necessarily have to be super romantic. I don't mean to sound so, how do I say, um, focused on the sex aspect, but if you guys aren't physically escalating or having sex, then you're just a, a friend and you're spending a lot of time talking and connecting with each other and it should move to the next step. I don't need to convince you. I'm sure that's what you want to do. So make sure that that happens. So again, I'm going to wrap this up and sum it up very quickly. Here's a little cheat sheet. First date, nice cocktail bar. Second date, dinner, not too fancy, not too shitty, somewhere in the middle. Third date, your place. Fourth date and beyond, it's going to be a mixture of activities, hanging out at your place, hanging out at her place, and maybe doing events and things of that such. You're going to have to build attraction. If you want to learn how to do that, you're going to want to sign up for the coaching program, or you're going to want to get my video masterclass called Hooked at getherhooked.com. That video course will teach you everything about how to meet women in person. There's a little bit of online stuff in there too. If you want to learn how to meet women online, I have a separate program for that called Online Domination. It teaches you how to have the right profile, bio, pictures, and a whole messaging sequence to end up turning the matches into dates. So lots of options for you if you're not getting these dates. The Hooked video course, which teaches you how to build attraction. The online dating course, which teaches you how to meet women and get dates online. And then coaching, if you want to get all of it and learn all of it and have someone do it for you. Links are in the show notes. What do you think? How does that sound? That sound good? Are we ready for some q and I'm ready. I'm ready to answer your questions. This one's from Bob. Hi, Trip. I'd appreciate your advice. When I'm using dating apps, I'm often asked, have you been married slash had children? I often feel judged by my answers to this. What should I say to avoid putting women off? Just be vague. Thanks for your help. I've recently started listening to your podcast and enjoying it so far. By the way, I'm a middle-aged guy, so it's expected that you're quite experienced. Bob. You said, by the way, I'm a middle-aged guy, so it's expected that you're quite experienced. So what's expected? That you're experienced or that I'm experienced? Okay, I guess it's me. All right, so Bob, great question. 
That's interesting. I haven't really heard much of that. I've heard a little bit of that. I don't hear about that on the dating apps. But middle-aged guy, that means you're over 40. You might even be in your late 40s or 50s. So it does not surprise me that you're getting that question. So first of all, I wouldn't be worrying about the fact that you should feel judged. Don't worry about that. They're not judging you. They're filtering. They're filtering. They're filtering and they're trying to get to know you. They're trying to understand, is this someone who's been married before and has an ex in his life? Does he have children? They're trying to get the low down. I'm guessing most women probably wouldn't want that. They wouldn't want someone who's been divorced. Ideally, they wouldn't want someone who has children. But I could be wrong on that because some women also have children and they might like the fact that you also have children because you guys can connect on that front and no one's really expected to see each other as much as you might if you were both single. So let's throw out the idea of feeling fearful of being judged and let's just be honest. So if you're getting asked, have you been married? Are you divorced? Do you have children? You tell them the truth and then you just see what happens. You can't lie because obviously, right? It's like if you lie and she's like, okay, cool. And you guys meet up and it's just, it's done. She's going to find out it's going to be done. So you want to tell the truth. You're going to say whatever it is. And it's interesting because you actually haven't said what your situation is. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, maybe you should have. Is it possible that you aren't married or don't have children? So maybe you're really just literally just scared about being judged. Well, whatever your answer is, tell the truth, tell them what's going on. And yeah, then you get filtered out. Here's what I would make sure you're doing, Bob. Make sure that you don't say anywhere on your profile or have pictures anywhere on your profile of your kids, of your I wouldn't think you would, but some people have pictures of their ex-wives, I'm sure, somewhere. But don't do it. Don't put that on there. Okay? And I know that sounds like very polarizing advice. You might even hear from some other people. No, put your kids on there. They should know. They should see. No. Don't. It's not a lie. You're just not portraying that part of your life on your dating app. If they ask you in person, you'll absolutely tell the truth. I've given this advice on the podcast before. I'm happy to say it again. When you're on a date with a woman and she asks that, you're going to answer and you're going to say it in a very positive, uplifting way. It's not going to be a confession. Oh, yeah, I have a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be very positive about it. Yep. I have a daughter. She's the most amazing thing in the world. I love spending time with her. And I shared custody with my ex-wife and it's going well. Just show her that there's no problems, there's no drama, and hopefully there isn't, right? So you got to make sure that you are portraying yourself as someone that doesn't come with a lot of baggage. She's going to want to know that. And you're going to want to know the same from her, aren't you? Can you imagine being on a date with a woman and she says, yeah, these two kids, oh, they can be such brats sometimes. You'd be like, uh, I got to go, right? You're done meaning you're done with her. So yeah, anyway, tell the truth, say what's up, 
And if you want to increase your chances of having more women to talk to, so you're not getting filtered out so hard, then you got to have a really good profile. Guys, if you're not getting professional pictures done, you're missing out on a ton of matches. Guys get really freaked out by it. They go, oh, aren't, aren't women going to notice if I have a, if I have a really good picture that's professionally taken? Doesn't that look try hard? No, it just looks like a good picture of you. And they can clearly see who you are. What's the op? What's the other idea? Selfies? Selfies have been proven to do very poorly for men on the dating apps. Studies have ac- actually shown that. I believe it was OkCupid. Okay it was either OkCupid okay or Match that said that men with selfies generally get less yes swipes. So get professional pictures done. And if you want to learn more about how to even get more volume, get the online domination program. I can't sit here and tell you all of it. It's like a it's like a six to eight hour program. So if you get that, you'll learn everything in there that will teach you what kinds of pictures to use, my messaging sequence, all that good stuff. And then you'll have more volume, more women swiping right on you. And then this is going to help you have more women. So if more women end up filtering you out, you have more options. Simple math. So no, don't be vague. Just be positive. She's like, you married? You have kids? Yep. Two amazing kids. So I'd use a really positive adjective. Yep. Two amazing kids. And yes, currently divorced. Next question. Hi, Trip. I absolutely love your podcast. Even bought Magnetic. I'm on my second reading. I'm getting ready to get serious about dating and have an initial question about how to position myself to women. I separated from my wife a year ago and she passed away in a tragic car accident almost six months ago. I am so sorry to hear that. That is very sad. He continues and says, I'm working hard on my own mental health and helping my kids through everything, but I'm really lonely and want someone to have fun with as the last year has been absolutely brutal. I'm going to join Tinder soon and will be taking a lot of your advice on the podcast for the dating apps. How should I promote myself? I'm thinking of positioning myself as a single dad of two teenage boys and not putting widow or addressing the last year of pain and grief, but staying positive. What do you think? Thanks for all your amazing advice, president of your Canadian fan club. All right, well, look at that. Two questions in a row, very similar. So I answered some of it. You are going to... First of all, I'm sorry for your loss. That is terrible. And I understand that that alone is so tough. And now having someone not there anymore and having kids, just bravo to you for putting yourself out there like this, listening to a podcast, emailing me, trying to get help. Bravo to you, my friend. You want to make sure that you are positioning yourself and advertising yourself on the app not as someone who's widowed and not as someone who has kids. Again, it's not because you are ashamed of your children. It has nothing to do with that. It's just that you're going to get more women on a date who might have swiped left on you without giving you a shot because you, my friend, president of, your, of my Canadian fan club, as you put it, you are probably an amazing guy. And she's not going to give you a shot all because 
there's a picture of your kids or because of a uh, an ex-wife, a, a widow. So women and female nature, it goes as follows. What will happen is they will end up backwards rationalizing why they should be with you, even if you don't match every single one of their preconceived boxes. So you want to give yourself as much opportunity as possible. Okay? That's how you're going to promote yourself. That was the word you used. Promote, not position. You promote yourself that way. But yes, you're going to stay positive no matter what. So if they ask you, but I, I want to say this too. There's something to be said here. Really make sure that you are working on your mental health. Six months ago was not that long ago. So I want to make sure that you're in a good position. I know that you're lonely, but that's never a reason to get into a relationship with somebody. You don't want to get into a relationship with someone just because you feel lonely. That's like, I like to say in a, in a good relationship, one plus one should equal three. You're the one, she's the one, you come together and you create something that's greater than the sum of its parts. One plus one equals three. If you're not in your best mental state, you're not a one, you're like a half or even like a zero or even like a negative one. So you're coming in at the wrong time and for the wrong reasons. Honestly, most men, and I know this is easier said than done. Listen up here, this is very important. Most men need to learn how to deal with loneliness. It is a skill in itself. And it's so important. So you don't have to ever rely on someone. And you become a stronger person because of it. So please, gentlemen, deal with your loneliness. It's okay to be lonely. Many people are. You're not alone in the fact that you're lonely. It's a funny phrase, but it's true. You're not alone here in that sense. And you need to be able to deal with being with yourself and or in this case, your children. You need to go to a psychologist. You need to read books. You need to be okay being alone. And it's at that point, you'll be fully ready to give to a relationship. That's what's really important. So think about that, sir. Think about that before you end up going out there and going on Tinder. I want you to do this intentionally, not from some sort of emotional decision, but a rational decision to be with someone who you can add to their life and they can add to your life. But you don't want someone to fill a bucket for you that's empty because that's going to be a disaster and there's a good chance that that relationship might end anyways because you might become needy. That's another thing I should add. That's one of the reasons why it's not a good idea. You go into a relationship because you're lonely, you're going to be needy and you're going to be in a lot of emotional pain or you'll end up scaring her away anyways because of how unattractive neediness is. So to the president of my Canadian fan club, that is my advice to you. Take it and yeah, I hope you end up hearing this answer. You should. You didn't write this you didn't write this question too long ago. Next question. Hi Trip. Love your pod. 
I'm just going to throw a question out, and if you get a chance to bring it up, that would be lovely. Here it is. Me and my girlfriend have been together since August 2021, and we've been a great couple. I work so hard for her, open doors, always bring her stuff, always put her first. And she feels kind of in love, not 100%, maybe 97%. After seven to eight great months, we went on a skiing trip with her friends. After the trip, I told her that she doesn't think about me, doesn't walk with me, you know, all the small stuff. Hold on, I want to read about that. I want to read that over. After the trip, I told her that she doesn't think about me, doesn't walk with me, you know, all the small stuff. Okay, you're from Norway, so maybe there's a little bit of a of a translation error there. He says, he, so here's the question. Instead of playing the I love you so much, I went the other way and told her, you know what? If you don't have the feeling 100%, I have to accept that and move on. She started crying, and we're going to try a bit more. What do you think about that strategy? I feel like the I love you so much tactic wouldn't work. Am I wrong? I really want to keep her and make her 100% sure. How do I play this? Keep up the great work. You rock more than Tommy Lee. (laughs) That's great. Christopher from Norway. Okay. Let's dive in here to this question. I want to really understand it. There's a little bit of a translation issue here. So it, it seems like this woman, I guess she told you that she's not 100% in love with you. Or maybe she said she's falling in love because she's 97%. She's not all the way there. You said here that she's not thinking about you or walking with you. She's not doing some of those small things, which maybe makes you feel like she's not fully in love. And you asked, instead of playing the I love you so much, which is good, by the way, so you played that right. If you went to the side of that, that would have been super needy. Oh, but I love you. I love you so much. No, no, no. Don't do this to me. No. Very needy. You said you went the other way. You said to her that you don't have that feeling 100%. And so she says, and then she started crying. So then she got really upset by it. Yeah, because no one likes to feel rejected. So you're right. The I love you so much tactic wouldn't work. And I'm guessing you mean that tactic by the sense that you're saying, I love you so much. And you're love bombing her. So, so far you've played it right. But you know what? I know this is going to be the harshest advice because you guys have been dating for so long, but I got to give it to your real man. Goes back to one of my core principles here, trip advice, which is this. You want to filter for a woman who's got a high level of interest in you. And let me tell you something, seven to eight months, that is more than enough time to have said, I love you to somebody which you guys have. But if she needs more than seven to eight months to, to feel that she's in love with you, something's wrong. I'd put that in the category of low to medium interest level. And we don't want women who have a low to medium interest level. Why? Because there are so many women out there. Why would, would we ever settle for a woman who has a low to medium interest level in us. How much better would your relationship be if she had a high level of interest in you? She did think about you all the time. She did, in your words, walk with you all the time or whatever that exactly means. 
Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, just a little bit, because I'm wondering if you're being too needy here. You're trying to get something out of her. I'm wondering if you are wanting more from her and you're being needy because she just doesn't happen to necessarily walk with you all the time on the ski trip or do all those things. I mean, you guys are with your friends. So that's me, that's me playing devil's advocate, but also at the same same point, she's only kind of in love. So again, the harsh advice that I might give you, I say might because I'm still trying to work it out a little bit based on what you're saying is, I think you might want to be done with her and say, I want to be with someone who's madly in love with me, who is figuratively kissing the ground that I walk on, who feels so lucky to have me. Because that's the real love that you want, especially in the beginning. In the beginning of a relationship, it's like rose-colored glasses and butterfly feelings. You're so in love with that person. It's like a chemical concoction that you can barely get your wrap your head around. And so she should be totally, absolutely head over heels with you. According to science, that lasts for 12 to 18 months. So you're right smack dab in the middle of it. So ask yourself, are you being too intense here? This is where the devil advocate, devil's advocate comes in. Are you being too intense here? Are you being a little bit needy? Or are you being realistic and she's really not giving you what you want to give her back? And to answer your question again, you're right. No, the I love you so much tactic would not work. It would push her away. I hope that helps. You know what's cool is that these questions, they are in order of date, but they just seem to be interestingly flowing into each other. Because listen to this question from JT. Hello, what should I say to a girl when she tells me I love you? When she tells me first I love you. I took a girl and her sister to a party to another city. We traveled together in my car. Both of the sisters are attracted to me, giving me all the choosing signals. As we concluded the night and began going our separate ways, one of the sisters stops me, takes my hand, looks me in the eyes, and says two strong I love you statements. It took me by complete shock because this girl I hardly talked to. I told her thank you and to make it back home safe, but I was not sure how to respond because it was a first. I do not love her, so what should I say in response? Okay, I, I'm i really curious how old you are. This seems like you're like 19 years old or maybe even a teenager. I don't know how anyone could ever say I love you if you guys aren't dating. You never said anything about dating these women. In fact, you said I took a girl and her sister to a party to another city. You said you took a girl. So clearly this is not your friend. Or I don't know who this is, but uh, first of all, red flag. Girl says, I love you, and you guys aren't even dating? Your words? This girl I hardly talk to. <laughs> um, well, you're not going to really have this situation happen too much. It's funny answering this. It's a, it's a unique one. You're not going to have this situation come up. I would have said, thank you. I mean, I guess I would, I would have been in shock too. I would have said, well, thank you. 
you know, I'm just getting to know you, so I don't necessarily feel that strongly yet. That's what I would say. But it's funny even me saying that for you to say, because why do you even have to say that? It doesn't even seem like a girl that you're dating. So I would say that and say, hey, thanks. That's really sweet, but I, I don't even really know you yet. So I can't say the same back, obviously. <laughs> so I'd be really clear here on who you want to go for. You got to pick one, but I'll tell you right now, if you go for the girl that didn't say I love you, it's going to cause drama and it just might all blow up anyways. Because imagine this girl says I love you and then you like her sister Oh man, what a mess. So JT, dude, pick which one you want to go for and go for it. I'd be really wary about where this is going to go. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> it's very interesting. You know, you must, have, you must, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Here's the next question. Hey, Trip. Long-time listener, I love your content. It's really been helping me out. I have a question. Well, more I want your opinion. I was at a bar and approached a very attractive woman. We hit it off and had a great conversation. Then all of a sudden, another guy walked up, someone she knew, and started talking to her. He ended up sitting with us, and she told me he was a friend of her ex. They kept talking, and I was engaged in the conversation, but wasn't sure really what the hell happened. I stayed during the interaction and was more confused than upset. I ended up leaving since I lost control of the situation. What would have been the best thing to do in this situation? This is the first time it's happened. And although I think this would be a rare situation, I want to know what would be best to do in case it happens again. No name. Okay, no name. Love this question. So what happened here is you reacted in a way where you were nervous about what people would think of you. You did the beta thing. You did not take control of what you really wanted. And you were trying to maneuver in some way so you wouldn't be rejected, so you wouldn't be judged. That's how, that's how you were acting. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not insulting you but I'm giving you the reality. That's how you were acting. That's what the beta male would have done. And that's what you did. So the alpha, what he would have done, done in that situation, first of all, he would have tried to befriend the guy. And it seems like maybe you did that, but I would have done that right away. Introduce myself, talk to the guy, show him I'm not a threat. Because then you're just going to have a very conversation that's just not going to help you out. It's not going to lead the way that you want it to. And what you want is you probably want her number because you approached an attractive woman and you were hitting it off. So you befriend the guy, but then you don't stay. You like you stayed hoping that maybe he would leave or hoping something would happen. So you were trying to sit there and cross your fingers and hope for the best and try to play it out. Let's be real, man. Let's just be real, really real. 
let's get down to the truth. You don't give a shit about that guy. You don't care to get to know him. You just wanted to get her number. So that's what you should have done. You talk to the guy for a minute. And then you say, hey, listen, I got to run. Uh, you know, Jake, let's say the guy's name is Jake. Jake, good to meet you, man. Awesome meeting you. And Lauren, awesome meeting you too. Why don't I grab your number? We should grab a drink sometime. And yes, you do it right in front of him. Why not? Why assume, and I feel like in the back of your head, maybe you were you were assuming that maybe he liked her, maybe he was trying to pick her up also. You said, quote, they kept talking and I was engaged in the conversation, but wasn't sure really what the hell happened. What happened is a friend came over. Could have been a girl. In this case, it was a guy. And you got startled because you weren't sure how to handle it because you were just in this this engaged pickup, so to speak. You know, you and that one woman. And you got completely uh, thrown around and your and your head got all messed up in that moment. So stick to the plan. Stick to what you want to do. You want to get her number. And you don't want to be sitting there talking to him. Now, a lot of guys might say, you might hear this from, from other pickup artists or dating coaches. No, man, amog him. Show him that you're the alpha. First of all, I have no idea what that would even mean. So, so what? Stay there long? I don't know. You don't want to do that. Clearly, that guy is not going away. You're not going to tell him to go away. He's her friend. And if she likes you and you grab her, you don't need more time, I guess is what I'm saying. You guys did your thing. So get her number. You're done. Attraction was built or it wasn't. You don't actually need more time. Now, logistically, there would be the option of taking her home, but the logistics were not good. So that's an option, but that wasn't happening. And that's not going to happen with every woman. In fact, I think it's better to get numbers instead of pull women home because it's more efficient. You'll end up actually getting laid more and have more opportunities with more women if you get more numbers than trying to stick with one all night and try to get them home. So you be the cool guy, befriend the dude, show the woman that you're a cool guy that can get along, that you're not being weird or jealous or awkward, that you're a very charismatic individual, get her number, and boom, you're done. That's it. That's the true alpha right there. Remember what it is you're trying to do here and be tunnel vision. In your approaches, when you're meeting women on the street, at the bar, at the club, wherever you are, tunnel vision, meaning you're laser focused. You see a girl, what's the goal? Connect, engage, get her number, text her, meet up with her. And anything else that gets in the way, don't let that get in the way. Make sure you're always going for the number. Make sure you're always doing what you intend to do without caring what other people think of you. Hope that helps. All right, let's do another question. Hi, Trip. I like to dedicate my Saturday and Sunday afternoons to approaching. 
If I work a Saturday, I'll go out immediately afterward, even if I smell and look like a walking construction site. Ironically, when I've done this, I find success. I think it's the mindset. I don't care about the result. I'm just talking to people. Not to mention, I'm very proud of what I do. However, when I'm dressed to the nines, I feel anxious, like an imposter maintaining a facade. How can I adopt the indifferent but positive mindset I have in dirty cahorts when I'm in a nice button-up? All the best, Alex. I want to read that last sentence again. How can I adopt the indifferent but positive mindset I have in dirty cahorts? I think I'm saying that right. When I'm in a nice button-up. Okay, so clearly you're more confident and more comfortable when you're in your work outfits. So it's interesting. You're saying you find success. So I don't mean like, I don't know, what, what, what do you want to change? Sounds pretty good to me. Sounds like you're, you're doing what you meant to do. But maybe you're saying here you think that if you had time to go out, and you weren't because there's times when you want to go out to approach and you're not in your work clothes and you are dressed up. Why don't you just dress chill? I don't think you need to necessarily dress to the nines. You don't need to go out in a suit and tie. I'm curious what your definition of dress to the nines is. Maybe that is not that big of a jump for you because you smell, look, your words, you smell and look like a walking construction site. So yeah, maybe just dress a little bit more casual to make you feel more comfortable. So that's one way to do it. So there's kind of three avenues here. One, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know what you need to change. Option two, wear something more casual to make you feel more comfortable so you don't feel dressed to the nines so it doesn't feel like you're an imposter maintaining a facade. And there's option number three. For the next three months, only go out wearing nice clothes because right now, You don't feel confident because you don't have any competence in wearing those clothes. It feels strange. You feel like an imposter maintaining a facade because why? Because you're wearing clothes that you don't normally wear. So it's not normal to you. So how do you change that? You make it normal. Make it normal. Actually wear those clothes. Wear them throughout the week. Go home and before you go and approach, take a shower, put that on, and then build the confidence inside of being a person who wears those kinds of clothes. That's how you would do it. And I would even recommend that you do that because I believe it's always better to learn in the hardest circumstances because then you'll end up doing better in the long run. So for you, that's dressing up really well. So that'd be pretty cool if you could learn how to then meet women in all different areas. And you can start with the hardest one. Confidence comes from competence. Competence comes from taking action. Taking action starts with putting on, for you, putting on clothes that make you feel dressed up and going out and doing it every single weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Go home, take a shower, don't smell and look like a walking construction site and get better at that approach. That way you have the superpower, Alex, the superpower to what? To go out anytime, any place whenever, and be able to meet women. That's the ultimate. So I'd encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to get into 
the nice clothes and start practicing. You guys, really important here, something, a really big lesson here. The human brain is amazing at adapting. Amazing. What we can do, what we can accomplish in athletics, in other skill sets, in, in games, even in an instrument. You ever play an instrument for the first time and it feels so weird putting your fingers on the guitar strings or the piano keys, but then all of a sudden you do it for like a year and it's like you can do it with your eyes closed? All that is is you being adaptable. There was a time when I was freaked out to go and approach a woman. The anxiety was so bad, I could feel my heart bursting out of my chest. And what did I do? I didn't take a magic pill. I went out and I started approaching and I did it and I went through the the hard work and now look, I'm teaching it. I'm teaching it and I even have videos of myself doing approaches with no fear at all. Why? Because I, I worked to that point. I got to that point. Anyone can do that. I'm no, I'm, I'm no more special. I just had the work ethic. And anyone can encourage themselves to also have the work ethic, to push themselves to do things that are just uncomfortable. Alex, hope that motivates you. Hope that gives you a good answer. I want to thank everyone for writing in. Alex, no name, JT, Christopher, president of the TripAdvice Canadian Fan Club, and Bob, thank you so much for writing in. If you have a question, you can write in. Trip at tripadvice.com is my email. Write in, put in the subject line, podcast question. I will answer it here in the podcast. And we're all caught up. So all the Q&As are answered. So email me. I'm sure they'll come in soon. They come in pretty often. If you need more help, coachedbytrip.com. Go there to apply for coaching, to work with a personal coach, myself, or my head coach, currently Eric. If you want to get a course on this, you can get my hooked course, getterhooked.com. Teaches you how to build attraction and meet women. You can get my online dating course called Online Domination to meet women online. Get more matches. Get a lot more matches, actually. Or you can get my book, Magnetic. Links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I will talk to you on the next one.